Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 190. Every cloud has a golden lining. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. It's good to be back with you. I wonder if you were able to see the lunar eclipse recently. We're very fortunate that where we live here in New Mexico, we could see it from about 9 p.m. right through to 11 or 12 o'clock when we went to bed. I managed to get some wonderful pictures of it. But more importantly, Standing in that energy as the moon became darkened and then redder, and then it disappeared, was just so powerful. It felt like a huge force had taken over, especially since the moon had been so bright the night before. And I can imagine how terrifying that must have been for the ancient people who didn't understand what was happening And I know that many times a leader, a ruler would say, I can make the moon disappear. And they did. And all the power went to that leader. Look what they can do. Think what they can do to us if they can do that to the moon. Well, we're hopefully a little bit more sophisticated, but not much. (laughs) But it was amazing. And in this area where I live, a huge storm came up, a storm of wind. And as a front came in and I have to say this wind blew up at the time when this moon was darkening and it was blowing around all the trash cans that were out for emptying the following morning. And it continued to, it got to almost, I think, 50 miles an hour and just so powerful as if the wind and the moon's energy and the cosmic energies were all coming together at that time. And I felt that There was a great cleansing going on and a great clearing of energies. Maybe that was my hopefulness that this was happening. Because if I look out into the news, which I don't do too often, but I still get frustrated where a lot of talk is going on, not much action. And with Mercury now going retrograde through Gemini back into Taurus, and then it will come back again, I'm praying that we will move beyond this stagnation where, yes, I love listening to people who have got ideas and or protests even, but we just see things marching on the same old way with rules being made without consideration of the people around them. And this certainly is very frustrating, I think, for all of us. And it feels that a something has to shift, something where... Decisions are not made from the top, but made from, as I always say, the community, the common unity, what is good for all of us, because there are many things that are happening that are not good for all of us and not good even for those who may be so-called benefiting, but in the long run, they too will not benefit. So I'm hoping changes will occur. Of course, this is not just a hope, I believe that it will. And as I went out the following morning after the lunar eclipse, There were clouds along the mountains where I live, and that's fairly unusual. We don't always have clouds, and they were just sitting on top of the mountains. And these mountains are very ancient mountains. They're volcanic mountains. They've had gold in them, or they do have gold in them. They've been explored for that. 
and they have this idea of being turtle mountains, they're called. And as I was watching this cloud on the top, I was also seeing that the sun was rising behind it. Uh, and the pictures I show on YouTube, if you're watching me on YouTube, come from that time where I saw this golden light appear along the ridge of the cloud. And it, it brought light to me. It brought positivity. It brought a sense of hope that something from that wildness of the night before had changed. And the gold was showing me that this is something truly coming through, coming from the sun. And there's a lot of talk before I move on into gold, but a lot of talk of things happening at the sun. It is said that there may be uh, ETs, UFOs, coming through the portal of the sun. And if you don't know by now, the sun is not just this ball of electromagnetic energy it is truly a portal, a place where there is energy through which multidimensional beings can use that energy to enter into our dimension and vice versa. And we understand that same applies to the galaxy and the center of the galaxy being a black and a white hole, these huge portals where energy can move. I even heard that the big collider in the Zern Collider that we have, their main effect, even though they talked about wanting to find the God particle, where did we originate from, was also hoping to create a black hole. And of course, that could be a little dangerous <laughs> because what happens is that black holes attract everything that moves around it. And black means that all the light from those objects disappears within that black hole. So who knows what we're playing around with as we're trying to create a black hole. But nevertheless, let's come back to the sun. The sun is relatively quiet. Now I know, you know, we can hear that it's got a lot of so uh, or solar flares are coming out of it and these could affect us. But we keep reminding ourselves that the sun is actually quite quiet. And the reason it's affecting us is because we have a very low magnetic field around the Earth at the moment, and therefore anything that comes out of the sun is magnified. And so we are seeing these changes, but we're also wondering whether or not some of the quietness of the sun is actually allowing the portal to be more active uh, because it's not burning things up. There's a, in this place of perhaps right balance for these multidimensional beings to pass in and out and you know, just watch this space. The sun has a huge part to play in opening up our awareness, allowing the light energy to come in. And this is really why I want to talk more about gold. Because, and I'll just come back to the point that, remember our bodies are multidimensional, multi-density, and we are attempting to lighten up the density of our physical body, moving from what we might call a three-density body to a four-density body where more of our energy field is alight and alive. And that's the process that we're passing through at this time. And that as that happens, we understand that our DNA is no longer just this sort of dense structure we might see under a microscope. It is light, it is consciousness, it is information. 
always put those three words together. Really important when we talk about being enlightened, it means being more conscious, wiser, having more information, but not in our heads, but more of an awareness of who we are, uh, an awareness of what makes up the world. And we could call it wisdom. We could call it that inner knowing. There's that deep sense of connection. So light is, is consciousness, is knowing, information, wisdom, and it all comes together through this sense of connection. All right, so what's happening is our DNA, yes, is waking up. That, that 91% of junk DNA is waking up, but it's, it's really becoming aware of itself and how it has within it cosmic consciousness that we are now resonating with. So the wakening up isn't happening necessarily by light rays um, hitting our DNA. It's more that we are saying, I want to be more than I am. And so there's a resonance between the rays of consciousness that are reaching us through the quietness of the sun and the, the loss of the magnetic field and our own consciousness saying, I'm ready. Because all the light rays in the world could shine upon us if we don't really want to listen or see them, nothing's going to change. So there's an awakening that's happening on both levels. Within our soul, we are saying, I'm ready. Show me more. Let me know more. I'm ready to make the changes. And what we're seeing is, as I described some time ago, changes in our body, in our heart rates, in our breathing, in our lymphatic system, in our, in our nervous system, all of that causing some disruptions you know, where we may have pains or we may be not be able to sleep or we may feel that our body's out of balance, but it's adjusting itself to these new conscious levels. And we're doing that because our soul says it's time. And it's meeting these rays of energy that are coming through the portals within the galaxy, within the sun, within our own hearts, within our own DNA. So it's a two-way, it's a meeting place that's happening. And one of the elements that can help us in this way, or a group of elements, are called the noble elements. And one of them is gold. Others are palladium and platinum, iridium, osmium, and I forget the others, but you can look them up. But this group of elements are unique, and they exist within so many other minerals, so many other stones, in maybe small amounts, and in amounts that I'm going to be talking about that we may not recognize, or even the scientists may not recognize. So what do we know about gold? You know, years ago, I was down in Cape Town, and there had been a lot of gold mining. And in my usual way, I was asking my inner guidance, well, you know, where did this gold come from? And was it the reason why we understand that beings such as the Anunnaki came to this planet to mine the gold and to use humans to mine that gold? And so I was moving along that path or that line, thinking, okay, people came here to take the gold. And what I heard was, no, we put the gold here to start with. And it was like, well, hang on a minute. So you weren't mining it? 
well, we were mining it, but where do you think it came from in the first place? So it made me realize that these elements that I've just mentioned, these were noble elements, as they call them, may well have been brought here and embodied in our earth for a special purpose. And I hope I haven't confused you too much on that, but it just had to tell you that little story from years ago in Cape Town. And I probably around the same time, I was fascinated by the work of Lawrence Gardner. And I really encourage you to look up his work, his books, his YouTube. He passed over about 2010, but he came to the College of Psychic Studies and I managed to listen to him there. And he talked about monoatomic gold. So here we go, monoatomic, so one atom gold which was very different from the sort of gold you might see, well, I have on my finger, one might say, my gold band. So this type of gold is not necessarily yellow and shiny. It's often seen as a white powder, and that's how he showed it to us. And as I was listening to him, and please do go back, and I will certainly on YouTube add his YouTube, uh, his own YouTube page so you can go and study him. But he talked about how the ancient people understood the properties of this monoatomic gold way back. We could be saying uh, 12,000 years ago, if not before. We know the Sumerians were interested. We know the Egyptians were interested. We know Moses knew about this. And we know that this was probably the philosopher's stone that the alchemists talked about in the Middle Ages. And as I was listening to him and now re-listening to him, I had forgotten just how important these elements were. And I want to just really continue this podcast on this subject. So when he was looking back, and, and Lawrence Gardner was a historian, so he loved looking back at old texts and going way back, he realized that so many of the Egyptian texts, the Sumerian texts, talked about something that they had different names for. I think in Egypt it was Mufta, and others it was Shamana, and others just told it about the Paradise Stone. But it often was depicted in Egyptian hieroglyphics as a, a cone of energy or a piece of bread. And it was often seen that those who manufactured these cones were metal workers rather than you know, bakers. And so even though it was often talked about as bread, you're eating bread. And of course, we have a lot of uh, mention of the bread of life in the Bible. It really was metal workers created this bread, this conical bread piece that the pharaohs imbibed in order to have longevity or to be able to pass between the worlds so what they spoke about way back there was that when you took this bread inside you, you actually could have a longer life, which we know many of them did. You could move between the dimensions. You could teleport. In other words, find yourself moving from one place to another. You could transmute yourself. In other words, change your shape and many other wonderful gifts that you may have. And he was mentioning that the early, the bodies of the early pharaohs were never found. Is this where they disappeared to? There are temples to them or there are 
buildings to them, but actually their bodies were not found. And he then talks about Moses, and I. this was something that I had certainly read about in the Bible as well, was that when Moses went up, and Moses came out of Egypt, so he was probably Egyptian, he probably knew all of this, he had been taught in this way, when he went up the mountain to speak to God and get the Ten Commandments, that his brother Aaron advised the people to melt down their golden jewelry, their golden ornaments, and to make a golden calf. Now, the reason they made a golden calf was that the time of Moses was the time of what we call the age of Aries. This is where the if you looked into the sky on March the 21st, you would see behind the sun the constellation of Aries. So Moses was the shepherd, shepherding his sheep as Aries is the sign of the ram, the sheep. So it kind of symbolizes that he was moving people from the age before into the age of Aries. He was shepherding them. And what was that age before? It was the age of Taurus. And Taurus is the cow, not the bull, cow. It was a female energy. And yes, she has horns. And this was ruled by Hathor, which was the cow. And Hathor has a lot to do with a lot of this gold knowledge. But just to stay on track, when they built the golden calf, they were really saying, we want Hathor's blessing because you're taking us from this age of Taurus, which has been with us for 2,000 years, into this new age, which is the age of Aries, and we're following this man who's going to talk to a burning bush and we really don't know. So let's keep our options open and just make a golden calf and ask Cathor to protect us. <laughs> well, of course, Moses was not very pleased when he came down the mountain and he smashed the Ten Commandments. And he said to God, you know, what can I do with these people? <laughs> and God said, take all that gold, melt it in a very hot fire and feed it to the people. And that to me, you can see this in the Bible, that to me was so significant. And Lawrence Gardner talks about it as well, is that what God was saying is make the gold into monoatomic gold. In other words, very strong or hot fire, melt it beyond just having molten gold into a white powder. And what he was really saying is that when you feed it to the people, this monoatomic gold will change their thinking. It will change their mind. It will move them on. It will transform them. And that really is a, a powerful message, which he was really saying, we know this happened, so just give it to them. Lawrence Gardner goes on to say this was the meaning of the Ark of the Covenant, that, yes, it was this very specially built box, if you've ever seen images of it, but it really was about not just ARK, ARK, it was an ARC. So it was arcing the metal, arcing gold at such a high temperature that it would go beyond, as I say, just molten gold and create this white powder. And that has been reproduced in laboratories in recent times where they found that, yes, you could heat the gold up for a certain period of time and all it would do would melt it. But if you continually heat it, 
you break down the atoms of the gold to a point that it almost, there's no evidence of gold as a metal present in the white powder. In fact, when they look at the atoms, at one point, the only thing that's holding the atoms together are the bonds of metal. And then you keep going. And now they say, we don't know what this substance is anymore. It isn't gold as we know it. And this is why it's become this extraordinary element. And, you know, it's an elegant element, I think they call it, because they have no idea what it is. It, it looks like silica at one point, but then it moves beyond that. And I think that one of the ways that I was most impressed by the teaching was that it became more like a gaseous substance. And of course, I've spoken about plasma as being a super gaseous substance or beyond ether or plasma being something that is beyond gas, heated up even more, it becomes this super gaseous substance. So there's something about this heating up that creates this element, no, what this substance that I could call ether, plasma, or now monatomic gold. It's as if whatever we do with the heating creates something that develops light frequencies that are similar to the light body that I'm talking about. So I don't expect you all to go and heat yourself up. But the fact of the matter is there is something that we're learning that our light body exists in this plasma form, in this ether form, in this monatomic structure, this elegant element, as they call it. So I'm going to talk about how we apply that to our own lives. But let me just finish the story around Moses, that this then, this white substance became what we know as manna from heaven and the bread of life. And it's very interesting that in the Christian church, we still are given these white little pallets to represent Jesus's body. But was in the early days, these white little pallets just monatomic gold? Is that what we were taking in? Is that the meaning of developing, taking on the body of Christ, which was therefore imbibing of his light body? Is that what this is about? And I think it is. So that when we take that in, we are again waking up our own light body. Because it's not enough, as I say, just to take something in and hope it will change. There has to be a change in our consciousness to want this to happen. And when we take something in, in that way, we are asking the light of the cosmos, the universe, to meet us. That makes sense. It's not enough just to say, okay, light me up. It's actually something has to change in us. We have to let go perhaps of our needs, our hopes, our heavy beliefs, and say, I am a light body. I am this being of light, rather than I hope it will happen. Okay? Become or know that you are already there and everything comes towards you that resonates at that level. So Moses knew about this, and I'll just finish Lawrence Gardner's story on that. 
he said that when he looked at ancient trans, uh, translations of the word worship, he said they actually it wasn't a, an H, it was a K. This was a workship. It was a, you trained in the ability to make this substance. So you weren't meant to worship it, you were meant to work at it. That makes sense. I always love that. And he said many of the temples that we see as temples were actually workshops where we developed a workship. We were apprenticed, apprenticeship into this knowledge of how to do this. Hope this is exciting you. So let's come up to present day. And what I'm listening to is Lawrence Garden before he died probably back in 2006, and he's talking about many different laboratories around the world who know all about this. 2006. So here we are many years on from that. And I don't know where they're at, but certainly back in 2006, they were way ahead of understanding the power of, let's call it monoatomic gold and other substances in that line platinum, palladium, et cetera. And he talks about how they knew that depending on its status, it could become heavier than the original gold or lighter than a feather. Again, remember that message about, are you lighter than a feather? Your heart being weighed against a feather. And he said even that whatever is containing it also takes on the same weight. So if, let's say, the monoatomic gold is weightless or very light, if you apply it to a stone, that stone becomes light. And he said that's the reason that they could lift these huge stones to make Stonehenge or the pyramids, etc. You apply something like that that is weightless, and it then absorbs or takes with it its properties into whatever it touches. And he said it's a superconductor. It doesn't lose energy. And it also maintains its energy across time and space. So if you have two different atoms, and again, we, we've been looking at some of this uh, in different ways, but understanding is when two substances miles apart in time and space are connected through this, they will continue being connected, whatever happens. And, and this idea is so one could say modern, and yet our ancestors knew it, probably, I'm going to say, 12,000 years ago. And at that time, Lawrence Garden was talking about nanotechnology, and of course now we are very aware of nanotechnology as it's been used in so many things that some of us are not very happy about. But if we look at it from a positive point of view, he says that Gold certainly can improve, this monoatomic gold can improve our thinking, our knowledge. And it's a balancer. It brings us back in harmony with our light body. That's the best way I can say it. It brings us back and it's been called the light of life. So that when, you're, when you have this gold around, it actually, again, resonates with your light body and every other cell of your body and of your brain says, okay, now I remember who I am. Boom! So he's saying that if cancer 
is an illness that has kind of lost its way, which it has. It's an immature cell that just keeps dividing and doesn't know any boundaries. That when you apply this monoatomic gold, the whole body starts to say, oh, I remember. And the cancer cells all align. They want to align. They do not want to be destructive. But our own methods are often that we have to attack and destroy the cancer in order to give life. And so much of what we do in pharmaceutical ways do not bring the light of life. They actually destroy one system in order to balance another. So how would we apply this? And I'm just using what he explained. He said it's potentially, and and again, back in 2006, they were already doing this, to apply these nano threads or nanotechnology to different cells and to actually help the body to realign, as I say, to the light of life, to realign to our own light. Now, where this is taken, and and when I'm watching what's going on with some of the vaccines where we've actually shut down the immune system or we've caused other illnesses to develop at the cost of another illness being suppressed, I don't think we're bringing wholeness and harmony to the whole. And again, I don't want to necessarily get into the mess that we're in with the, the various things that are being produced at the moment. But what I do know is that I've been using the the vision of light and gold to come into my body. And how by bringing that in and looking, bring it through my body, I'm now assuming that I am saying this is the light that is Christine's soul light, my, my light body. And that when I light up my own body, with this golden energy. And again, I might use the color gold just because it helps me to visualize. White is difficult to hold. But when I'm doing that, I'm really saying this is the light of life I'm bringing into my body. And when I do that, every other cell in my body, including my brain, realigns to what it means to live a full and light body. And what am I talking about being a light body? It's my perfect body. It's my sense of being fully connected to who I am. And in being fully connected to who I am, I'm connected to all light in the universe. Okay. So I will run a little meditation just before we end, but I'm wanting to just round this off that I remember speaking to someone who was working with sound and how the sound of the ah um, the ah um, has the same frequency as gold. And even if you don't use the ah um, the om has the same frequency as gold. The om is the balance between the, the, the energy beneath your feet and the energy above your head, and you're bringing them together. And it's the om. And that M, the hum at the end, awakens the pineal or pineal gland. And it is understood from Lawrence Gardner that pineal gland is connected to gold, whereas iridium is connected to the third eye. I haven't gone far enough to see what of the other elements is connected to the other hormonal chakra system. But I do know that as a homeopath, we often used aurum gold 
in its energetic form to help people who were climbing too high or getting worn out by trying too hard. And we use palladium as well for women who got exhausted. And there were many other reasons, but I want you to know that I feel that the reason I developed an interest in homeopathy was because we, in homeopathy, we produce substances that have gone far beyond the natural element or the denser product. And I love homeopathy for that ability to light up those elements. And perhaps I would take more focus on just using some of the elements that I've mentioned already, these noble elements. And my last point here is that some of you may know about the white brotherhood, the white sisterhood. And I understand from Lawrence Gardner that this was a group back in the Alexandria times where they were very interested in developing this monoclonal gold, this white powder, and hence the white brotherhood. And it went on into the Templars and the alchemists who all were saying, you don't have to, the philosopher's stone doesn't necessarily uh, change itself. It changes everything else. Philosopher's stone was this stone of paradise. This, this magical substance that I think we're going to hear more about. So let's join together in just a, a short meditation to see what happens when you bring that gold through you. Now, I'm going to suggest that you bring it up through your feet. For some reason, I feel that that's uh, a much more fully embodied energy than bringing it down through your head, but you can do it either way. So if you're in a safe place to meditate, please close your eyes. Take a short breath in, long out breath. Settle into your body. And just move your awareness to the soles of your feet. Even if your feet aren't on the ground, it's okay. And I just want you to imagine like I was seeing this beautiful golden sun rising up above the clouds. So just to see a golden light, or if you want to make it a golden white light, you're very welcome. Coming up along your legs. And as it does so, every one of the cells in your body, in your legs, starts to realign to this inner knowing that is yours. Bring it up through your lower body. Up into your heart and just letting that golden light bathe your heart and then be embodied by the heart, but only in finding the truth within your soul and then resonating with this golden light, using that golden light to resonate with your truth. And as it does, it sends out through the bloodstream, through the energies, this golden light to every part of your body. You don't have to do anything except for when your body, your DNA, the cells, 
receive this energy, they remember, they come back into alignment, the light of life. Let it move up through your neck and into your head, into your brain. Just imagine it flowing through your brain. Again, every neuron, every part of your brain remembers. Maybe closing off some things that are no longer relevant. There's almost a sense of, ah, yes, this is who I am. A balancing of left and right hemispheres. And finally, let it come up through the pineal gland and pineal gland is like a pine cone. We could see it like a spiraling pyramid if we wanted to see it like that, shining out, resonating with everything around you. And those things that don't resonate will no longer matter. To complete the meditation, to bring the energy back down around your body, down to beneath your feet. So your light body is, is clear. This is what I wish to be. This is who I am. I know not who I am, and I know exactly who I am. And now to gently spring yourself back to the room where you are. opening your eyes in your own time. I wish you all a very good week and I'll see you next week. Many blessings. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.